Who decides medicine prices? How are vaccines made? Have questions about the healthcare industry? Welcome to 19 Conversations. Today, we're asking Lars Frogard Jorgensen, President and CEO of Novo Nordisk, how is the pharmaceutical industry contributing to a healthy environment? I'm Jackie Davis. Thank you for joining the conversation. Lars, a very warm welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Let's turn our attention to an issue that is very much top of the EU's agenda, the fight against climate change, and of course, indeed, the global agenda. What is the pharmaceutical industry doing to address the climate challenge? Thank you, Jackie, for inviting me today and uh, have this opportunity to discuss a very important topic. The pharmaceutical industry is committed, like most industries, to deliver on this agenda. And uh, as such, we subscribe to the Paris Agreement and also the European uh, Green uh, Deal. And that's about making sure that your own operations are done in a good way, where we reduce CO2 emissions and strive towards zero emissions. But it's not enough to take care of your own direct contribution. You also need to have an eye for what are you contributing with from your business conduct, largely speaking, including your vendors and uh, ideally also looking at transportation of your goods out to patients and also an eye for what are you leaving behind when the patient has used your products. Mm. So it's a very holistic approach, as you say, tackling it from all angles. Can you give some specific examples of the things you're doing in those areas? If we look at Nordisk, we have for long had a focus on this. We have just updated our environmental strategy called Circular for Zero. And that actually came on the back of having achieved a goal we set years back, namely that all our manufacturing should be done based on renewable energy and renewable power. So all our factories around the world is now running on renewable power. And with that achievement, we decided to set the next ambition, which is that by 2030, we want to have zero CO2 emissions from our operations. That includes transportation, both of our own medical reps driving around, talking to physicians, but also how we transport our products. And then you say there's a circular component that we also want to become a circular company. So that's an ambition that is well aligned with the overall ambitions we have seen from the EU. And we keep a keen eye on achieving this target by 2030. Thank you very much. And you've already, as you said, made some key progress in relation to emissions and manufacturing. And when you talk about zero environmental impact, you also mentioned their circular, circular for zero. And as, of course, we all know, the EU very much seeing the circular economy as the key to a transition to a more sustainable economy, going beyond just the issue of climate change and more broadly. How do you believe the circular economy can help with particular reference to your sector? You're right that FP, representing the industry, supports the principles of EU circular economy action plan. And um, you can say in many ways, we have to look at the resources we use in companies that we are actually aiming towards using or reusing resources. And what we produce, we have to have an eye for making sure that what we leave behind can actually be uh, recircled in different ways. One example from No Noise is that we have products coming out in devices. And when we leave behind devices, there's environmental impact from that. So we have to be sure that 
we can reuse those components or get them back in different ways to make sure that we can recircle them centrally. And I think you're also part of projects like the Kallenberg Symbosis, this idea that companies come together and one company's waste becomes another company's resource. So there's a huge amount going on within the sector, but also for you as a company. Yeah, that's a great example. It's actually uh, an initiative that's been going on for a very long time where you have 11 companies coming together. And what is a surplus in one company is used as resource in another. That can be waste from manufacturing that's turned into energy, or it could be steam generated as part of manufacturing that is then used to power other companies in that industrial symbiosis. And you can say this actually started way before the environmental mindset was becoming popular. So a long-term commitment to actually doing what is just a sound principle to make sure that you're not creating waste without considering how it could become a resource for others. So there's a business case for doing it, as you say, as well as an environmental one. Um, More broadly, I was talking a little bit earlier about how the EU sees the circular economy as so central to the sustainability agenda. It also sees a greener economy as central to recovery. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen has said, and I'm quoting, we are acting today to make the EU the world's first climate neutral continent by 2050 and has insisted again and again that the way to drive the recovery now from COVID-19 is to focus on the green and digital transition. Can I ask you, as a leader of industry, do you really believe that a greener economy can lead to the growth and jobs that the EU sees as so central. What's your thoughts on that and the role of the European Union in delivering on that? I think it's a very significant opportunity for Europe. I think we have many examples of that. When a company like ours decides to only use renewable power in manufacturing, that leads to a demand for such renewable energy. For instance, when we started, that led to the formation of a number of wind power farms where we're actually committed to procuring that power at a small premium to get going. Then the manufacturer of that power actually committed to help us save energy. So it actually ended up in us not spending more on energy. We were just a smarter consumer of it. And that means that today there's a much bigger supply of green power and that has brought the price of that down. But in parallel, it has created a strong green sector in terms of manufacturing of windmills, in terms of trading green power. And the other examples, we also work with our suppliers, including those who transport our products. We ask them to become CO2 neutral, just like we are ourselves. And that leads to, for instance, one of the biggest shipping companies in the world. They are now committing to reduce their CO2 emission by using more efficient fuels that has a biofuel component to it, which again leads to investments going into developing new products, creating industries focused on green transportation. So I think we have a role in creating demand for these services, and that will create business opportunities and growth opportunities. Absolutely. And again, that whole value chain approach. So very much struck here when we talk about having an innovative, competitive pharmaceutical sector that continues to deliver for the patients. Really, you're saying, yes, green can and is very much part of that huge opportunity, but also quite a challenge for industry generally and for your sector as well, I suppose. 
Yeah, it is. And I think we really have to think ahead and put ourselves in some of these patients' uh, position years into the future and ask ourselves, what kind of products would they actually accept using? And unless we can document that we have done our fair share of the commitment and produce the products in an environmental manner, that we're not throwing away, say, plastic devices and they end up in landfill, I don't think patients, consumers would actually accept what that means. So we have to commit because it's the right thing. But I also think that it will simply be the expectation of physicians and patients here out in the future that we have really committed to this. And we have to act now because we have very long life cycles for how we develop and have products approved. So what stays on the market for the coming 10 years has to be thought through today to make sure we get that right and also match expectations in the future. Thank you. So industry must do its part. Presumably also policymakers need to do their part to create the environment in which you can innovate in these ways and become greener and do it. But very much it sounds on the right track. Lots more to be done, but a lot of ambition being realized. Lars, thank you so much for being with us today. Great to talk to you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to 19 Conversations. If you like this podcast, please click the subscribe button to be the first to know when we release our next episode. And please leave a rating and review. And until our next episode, we'd invite you to join the conversation on Twitter using the hashtag questions inspire solutions. Goodbye. 